It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, uh, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Happy Halloween, classmates, and Santino Ferro. Welcome back to Lax Class. Happy Halloween, dude. What's going on? Yeah, not a whole lot. Are you are you a Halloween guy? Personally, I'm not really. I'm not really like a huge. I've never been a Halloween guy. I don't really like to dress up that much. I, I don't know. It's not, it's not really my thing. No, I am not a Halloween guy. Uh, do not like wearing costumes. And, you know, I kind of think it's for the kids. <laughs> uh, you know, but there are a pretty healthy faction of human beings that really enjoy getting in costumes, even as adults and uh, parading around. And I don't know what what the fascination or desire is to do that. You know, I'm not one of those people, but uh, to each their own. Uh, it's Halloween, man. We're recording across podcast here on, on Halloween. Hopefully the, the door in my condo building doesn't start knocking because honestly, you know, I, I believe it to be one of life's most challenging obstacles is steering clear of Halloween candy at the grocery <laughs> store for the better part of a month and a half. Like I have a real hard time doing that, Tino, especially, you know, with, uh, with my sweet tooth, but man, I uh, have not bought any Halloween candy yet, so if the door knocks, I'm not going to answer it. I don't have any candy to give out, and uh, I'm recording a podcast, so here we go. Yeah, it's, uh, I was in, or like we, I should say we as in like my my family. When I was in high school and I was living in my dad's place, my brother was there as well. We were pretty fortunate because we didn't really want to give out the candy that we purchased <laughs> on discount leading up to Halloween, sure. but we lived like right in the middle of a hill so we were halfway down perfect from all the houses up there and then halfway up from all the houses down there so no kid and there was like wasn't really any kids in our complex so there were no kids coming halfway down or halfway up the hill so my dad would go like the the day of halloween he would make a last minute trip to the like london drugs or whatever uh any grocery store and just go to the discount bin and get uh, like a, a box of like Reese peanut butter cups for my brother, some sort of like Last I don't know sour candy for me or whatever, and then my dad would get just a mixture of himself for himself, and we would just snack on that for the next like two and a half months. Yeah, well, that's the problem is it doesn't last me two and a half months. That thing gets punished pretty quickly, and then <laughs> and then uh, and then you end up paying for it, man. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we should probably get off Halloween, but I just. Like the costumes I used to wear, like when you had, you know, if you want to go to a Halloween party or whatever, I would think of the most simple costumes possible where I could still wear like normal clothes, but get away with a big program lined up for you here on Lax Class 259. In fact, as uh, NLL season previews continue and uh, we're starting to creep up into the upper echelon of last year's NLL standings as we will speak with the owner and general manager of the Halifax Thunderbirds as we go all the way to the Maritimes and catch up with Kurt Styers. 
Have you talked to Kurt before, Tino? Yeah, uh, we last had him year? on for the season previews last okay. year as well. Uh, one of my favorite people to chat with. I've mentioned that a bunch of times. So we'll look forward to Kurt in quarter two and then uh, run down the Hall of Famer Josh Sanderson shooter who is now the head coach and assistant general manager of the Calgary Roughnecks, uh, Josh Sanderson, my boy, will join us in quarter number three, Lax Class Locks. Yeah, I know. We just got to get through this next month of no lacrosse, and then we can start to make the classmates a little bit of jack, hopefully. The struggle is real right now, not going to lie to you. So if you want to just save up and just tune me out in the, in the fourth quarter, you can do that. Uh, quick Sticks actually did a little preparation this week, Tino. I've been kind of jotting stuff down throughout the week that uh, I think has been noteworthy. So we've got a few Quick Sticks in quarter four. Big Focus is in quarter number one as well. Uh, anything else on your mind here, Tino, before we start to roll? Uh, well, I mean, we got, uh, we got some fundraising stuff that we can oh, talk about. Right. I don't know if, I don't oh, know if yeah. you want to talk about that now or yeah, if you want to talk about that later. Let's do, uh, let's do that now. So sure. you, you have come up in Mo- November, Movember is, uh, tomorrow in fact. So when this podcast, well, today when people are listening, yeah. To so it. today when people are listening, you're right. Of course, Movember, very important month for men's health. I want to put this disclaimer out right here and now that I absolutely despise having a mustache. Like, I don't know what it is. I've had beards and goatees and sideburns and what have you, but the mustache has never been a thing for me. And I just, I don't know what it is. I just hate the feeling of, of hair on my upper lip, I guess. So, but you have coaxed me and and yourself to try and raise some money for what what is November is for men's cancer. I, I believe it's prostate cancer prostate. specifically. Okay, so we're gonna try and raise some money here on Lacrosse Classified for prostate cancer through the month of November. And Tina, I'll let you lay this out for the classmates here. Keeping in mind, I hate having a mustache, but I'm willing to do this to raise some money here for prostate cancer. Yeah, so the fact that Jumbo hates having a mustache is going to make this even better. Uh, and for the record, like I'm going to take part in it as well, but I think more so the the pain will be uh, from Jake since he he hates. And it you're so not much, really but... a facial guy, hair guy either. Like you don't, <laughs> you're not Grizzly Adams by any stretch. Just, just uh, if I break out the just for men, just you wait. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but. Uh, I texted Jake yesterday uh, or the day before recording here and just asked if this was something he'd be interested in. I thought it could be a cool way for us via lax class and and the lacrosse community to raise some money. So I'm currently like, as we're recording, I'm, I'm setting this up as we go. So I think I'm going to do it through the Movember website. So we will at some point, either like tomorrow morning or what's just keep your eyes tuned into the, the social medias here. Uh, We'll, we'll send out the link and some instructions, but basically how this is going to work is uh i mean the two of us but mostly jake is gonna have himself a mustache for the month of november with an asterisk there because jake hates having a mustache we decided yeah hates emphasis on the hates we decided that if the lax classmates and the lacrosse community as a whole want jake to keep that mustache for at least a week we need to have raised a hundred dollars by the end of the first week of November. And then that means that he hangs onto the mustache going into the second week. If you still want him to, to keep the mustache and, and 
negate his opportunity to shave it off of his face. We need to donate or we need to raise another hundred dollars by the end of that week and so on and so on until the end of November. If we want him to keep the mustache for the entire month and, and you want to make it happen in week number one, you want to guarantee that this mustache stays growing on his face for the entirety of November. We need to raise $500. And at that point, he's stuck with it for the entire month. So if you want Jake to be miserable for the month of November, and that includes keep in mind people, uh, I'm sure he's going to, I'm sure he's going to be around the warriors facilities here yeah. with training camp. Yeah. If you want him to feel a little embarrassed, a little uncomfortable, mostly miserable, let's get those donations rolling. And uh, overall, I mean, obviously it's for a great cause as well. So let's have some fun with it and let's try to raise some. Well, money. listen, thousands of classmates are out there that listen every week. We're talking 20 people to donate five bucks a month and you'll keep keep me wearing a mustache. And we'll make sure to, to post some progress pics as well of the uh, the caterpillar that will ideally live uh, yeah. above your we'll upper lip for the pick. whole month. We'll get the weekly pick in there as well. Yes, we will. Beautiful Tuesday. So it's going to be a nice night for the kids out here trick-or-treating. You know, what about uh, the weekend? Did you do anything fun and exciting over the weekend? I always ask you that. I'll ask you that again. Sport market, I was listening once again. Oh, right on. Yeah, so I uh, worked Saturday. I uh, had a pylons game later on yeah. Saturday night. Another yeah. tough loss for the boys. Oh, no. uh, 0-2. Yeah, Owen too. Currently sporting the biggest bruise you've ever seen uh, on my thigh right now because I'm like a magnet to the ball. I just I block all these shots and it drives me crazy. Um, but we've started looking into uh, some like bookings for for wedding related things. So it's been mostly Jen leading that uh, leading that parade. So I'm just kind of riding her coattails in uh, in that regard. But yeah, the the planning for that stuff has has begun. Okay, well keep me posted, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Hey, we, we've had some, I mean, it's been cold, but we've had some nice weather. Do you, do you brave this cold for the disc golf course? Absolutely. You know, I, I rain, snow, dark, light, sunny. You can play disc golf in any type of weather. If, uh, if you want to get out there bad enough. And I did. Yeah. Game's not game's a little off right now. You know, I don't know. You know, I've been tinkering around with, with a putting stroke change and I just, I think I'm going to give up on it, revert back to old habits, and uh, just live with with the consequences, I think, there. All right, uh, let's get into it here. It's time for the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Other than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big. Big focus, big focus, big, big focus. Yes. <laughs> Trying to give you options to work like with it. here. I like it. Uh, it's brought to you by Mitch Jones Realty, who is powered by Stonehouse. Had a chance to catch up with old Mitchie uh, a couple of days ago and uh, some some changes coming in the new year, but I think it's going to be a, a good thing for both of us here. But uh, stay tuned for that. But right now, we got to tell you about Mitch Jones Real Estate. And at Mitch Jones Real Estate, He's got a big team behind him at Stonehouse Realty, a person for every need that you can imagine when it comes to the real estate market. They understand that buying a home is one of life's most significant decisions, and that's why they're committed to providing an exceptional experience along the way. And I would trust nobody 
more than I would Mitch Jones when it comes to buying or selling a home. Give Mitch a call, 604-916-6772, or you can find Mitch on Instagram if you're uh, one of those DM people. At Mitch Jones 4 is uh, where he is located on the gram of Insta. Big focus this week, Tino, and I was, you know, I kind of drew a blank this week just because, again, like we're in the we're in the black hole of, of lacrosse where there's no games to talk about. It's kind of quiet. You know, training camps are just starting up. There's, there's not a whole lot going on is where I'm going with all that. So I... I said, you know, like, into our chat group, what, any suggestions on the big focus this week? What do you guys think I should do for the big focus? And, you know, if you guys replied and said, you know, we could analyze who might take the biggest step forward this National Lacrosse League season, who might take the biggest step backwards. And I, and I kind of like that one, but maybe we do that a little closer to the start of the season if we need a topic. because. I think there's going to be a lot of movement here at training camps. Some guys are going to move around a little bit. Some guys are going to be out of jobs. Some new players are going to make the league. So I kind of want to wait and see how how things play out there once teams get into exhibition games and stuff. Teddy, my boy there, had a had a good one and said, now, you know, and we kind of kicked this around a little bit before, but now that, you know, the ownership and and the old regime essentially gone. Nobody really left from Dan Richardson's first day on the job there in Vancouver. Some support staff and stuff, mind you, but propose this. Is it time for the Warriors franchise to recognize number 10 in Reese Dutch and number 42 in Lewis Ratcliffe for what they have done for this franchise, which includes San Jose, Everett, Langley, the Stealth, and now the Vancouver Warriors. Essentially, it's the same team with the same record book. And for Lewis Ratcliffe, his days ended while the team was in Langley. I don't know the complete backstory or the circumstances behind his kind of departure. Like, I don't think Lewis was really ready to go and kind of got pushed out the door a little bit. Like, you don't have it anymore. It's time to let it go. And Lewis is like, I don't know. Like, and then with with Reese Dutch, and I get I get why Dan wanted to separate the new Vancouver Warriors from the old Vancouver Stealth. You know, new ownership, new building, new beginnings, new jersey, all that. But I I never really did like the fact that they just kind of wanted to cut ties from the likes of Curtis Hodgson and and Lewis Ratcliffe and Reese Dutch. And when Dutchy left. That was a that was a tough one, right? Like it was like here's the the all time leader, you know, a future Hall of Famer near the end of his career, and it was like, yeah, we're we're going in a different direction. He ends up in Calgary, ends up scoring the the overtime winning goal for the Roughnecks, and kind of sails off into the sunset with a couple other teams. But I don't know, I, I you know, with with Kurt now steering the ship and, and Dax with a bigger influence on things, I think it's time to revisit. Getting 42 and number 10 up into the rafters at Rogers Arena or at minimum inviting these guys back for a game and, and recognizing them for their outstanding careers and their long service to this franchise.
Yeah, I mean, if the question is just a standalone, should both of these guys be at most have their jerseys retired in Vancouver at the least be honored? The answer is just yes, full stop. Um, Like truth be told. So I started like, I mean, obviously I was a Ravens fan when I was a little kid, but that didn't really last very long. Um, I started to get really back into the NLL when uh, the stealth came to Vancouver or, or to Langley more specifically immediately we ha- and I say we as like a fan base of the stealth at the time, we immediately had these two guys that were the the faces of the franchise and incredible advocates for the sport and how exciting it could be over there at the Langley event center. It's, it seemed like every single game Reese Dutch was just firing at uh, will Ratcliffe was doing the same of like, of course it, it was obvious at the time that Ratcliffe was closer towards the end of his career than he was to the start, certainly, but was still putting up crazy numbers. I still have this memory. I, I wish I could remember like who they were playing, but I have this memory of watching a uh, stealth game. Cause we had season tickets for the first couple of seasons. And it was my brother and I sitting sort of at the, at the center line, basically. And with like, seconds before the game went to overtime or it might've been an overtime and the game was about to end or something. Ratcliffe scores this goal with less than a second to go. And there was this big long review and then they countered it and the building just erupted. It, it went crazy. Against Colorado. And, I remember Tina. Okay, perfect. It was Colorado. So you were up, you were above me up there in the booth. I was um, to, to not honor these guys again at the very least honor them ideally best case scenario is is jerseys get retired or something to not honor them it it gives this feeling of just trying to forget about the past Mm. and i don't think that that's i mean i don't really think that's a great thing at again at the very least i think that's incredibly unnecessary even though the the history of the vancouver stealth specifically wasn't exactly the longest history. There wasn't a lot of winning in, in that era. Um, there certainly wasn't any playoff success. I don't even think they made the playoffs in their time, one time. Uh, in Langley. One year, okay, okay. One year, but, but they didn't win in the playoffs. Correct. They correct. didn't win a game either way. It's still an era of Vancouver lacrosse and to hide from it, not even necessarily to hide from it, but to forget about it, to not at least acknowledge it just comes across as really disingenuous and, and that's not a feeling that needs to be centered around this team with so much change that's happened in the summer. And you and I have talked so much about, and so many other people have talked so much about how the vibe around this team right now finally has some positivity and finally has some good momentum going for it. I think this would be an incredible way to just continue that train rolling of, Hey, the, the vibe around the team is different. Things in general are going to be different here. We're going to start winning. We're going to start taking winning seriously. And hey, these two legends that wore Vancouver on their chest for years, we're going to put them up in the Raptors because it's the right thing to do. I mean, you're right about the the lack of winning in in Langley. But let's not forget there was championship appearances, a ring in in 2010 for that franchise. And those guys were a massive part of it. And, you know, I think it's the perfect opportunity for a team that hasn't had a lot of success in recent years to go back and celebrate a little bit of the history here and let this fan base maybe that is new to professional lacrosse in downtown Vancouver know 
about, yeah, this team has won an NLL championship before. This franchise has produced some really stellar teams in years gone by. And and those two were, were key cogs in it all. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that was a good one from Teddy to – to maybe bring back up the topic, it was never going to happen with with Dan running the show, and and that you know that's his call, and and you got to respect it. But you know, with this new new era here, I think it's time. I think it's time. and and while we're at it, in terms of honoring the past, can we get a Ravens throwback mm. night, please? Yeah, please. I don't know what the rule is on that, like whether they would even be allowed to do that or whether it was trademark stuff or. Well, hey, I, I got an in with, with one of the owners yeah. of the Ravens, and, and he's told me he's okay with it. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Speaking of that, how, how is the sport market going with, with Tommy? I heard Steve yeah. Ewan on there talking lacrosse. You know, I, I don't know. You, you know another lacrosse guy. I'm just saying, if you ever want to have a conversation on the sport market. It's, true. it's funny. Every time, every morning when I have to call Steve and, and just, like, make sure he's good to go, we're about to throw to his segment or whatever, I'm about to throw him on hold, he always answers the phone. I'll be like, yeah, hey, Steve, it's Tino from the sport market. What's going on? He's like, hey, go Warriors. <laughs> and then like He's like, of course, we talk about all the local sports uh, on his segment, but Random he horn, yeah. is so quick to want to talk about the Warriors. I love it. It's unreal. Yeah. He was out there at training camp this weekend, as was I, uh, watching those Vancouver Warriors in action. As a bunch of teams got their training camps underway. We'll talk a little bit more about that in quarter number four. But we got to get to break here. Big focus is done. So is quarter number one, which means it's quarter two next. And it's the general manager and owner of the Halifax Thunderbirds. One Kurt Styers joins us next. Stay classified. Executive Director of the PLPA, Reed Reinhold. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Glass. We're into quarter number two here, which is brought to you by Rycor Construction, who make it stand out at Rycor. I saw on the socials today they were pouring a big concrete slab. No better day to do that on a nice chilly fall day here in the Lower Mainland. But check them out for yourself. Go to Instagram or Facebook at Rycor Construction Inc. or check out their website at www.rycorconstruction.ca and see how they make it stand out for yourself. Whatever you need done, interior, exterior, residential renovations, they'll get the job done. They'll make it stand out. Rycor Construction. Uh, joining us once again here on the podcast, it's become an annual tradition as uh, I don't think Kurt does too many podcasts, you know, I'm glad he does ours. It's the owner and general manager of the Halifax Thunderbirds and Kurt Styers. Kurt, welcome back to Lax Class. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. Today's a good day. Where are you hanging out right now? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. I was like expecting somewhere maybe in the prairies of Saskatchewan hunting or back on Six Nations or even Halifax. What are you doing down uh, in Jacksonville? I was in Saskatchewan last week, so thought I'd switch it up a little bit and get a little sunshine. Get a little bit of sun. And and speaking of Saskatchewan, how was hunting season? Did it treat you well? Yeah, it was uh, nice to get out and walking through the woods. And I think that's just a good thing to do. Get some exercise, get a little bit of fresh air in your lungs, and it's good. Good for me. 
Well, even more so, like the hunting, I, I kind of feel like is a secondary thing for you. You really just kind of enjoy walking through the woods and enjoying nature. Yes, all the cabin I, I got in, uh, in Saskatchewan, it's right off the grids. I stay right in the, right in the woods for a week, week at a time. Yeah, you know, for the, for throughout the year, I'm probably in, the, in like from August, September, October, November, I'm usually in the hunting and staying right in the, right in the woods. So I'll, I'd say, I mean, you know, it's five, incredible. Five six, it's incredible. Five or six weeks. And like, you know, like I know you'll, you'll spend a portion of time hunting, but with no, you know, I'm, a, um, I'm guessing no heat, no running water, no, you know, electricity. Like what, what types of things are you doing? Are you just like meditating, thinking, just relaxing? What, what goes on when, when you're not hunting, when you're living in the woods in those conditions? Well, I, I used to go with a lot of, a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, you know, four or five people, but the last, since COVID got here, I just, um, since you couldn't really hang around with anybody out of your bubble, I just ended up going by myself and, yeah. and, and, and enjoyed the time, time away, you know, right off the grid, no cell phone, no Wi-Fi, no lights, yeah. it gets dark, you go to sleep, it's bright <laughs> out, you get up. And then, I love it. I love it, man. I, I honestly, I don't know if I could do that, but I respect the, the heck out of you for for doing that sort of thing with all that being said kurt training camp starts this weekend yes we're very excited about it we had um physicals last on last wednesday a lot of the guys are all charged up about getting this weekend and everybody's just you know putting the finishing touches on their working and time off and it's a lot a lot to deal with you know with a player on a player side of it you know they got you know they're always chomping at the bit to get the schedule to start planning their times off and their holidays and trying to make it work, work for them. Sometimes it doesn't, does, sometimes it don't. I know Shanks got caught in uh, with work commitments last year. And how's that this year? Is he, I, I, from what I understand, uh, should be pretty readily available to you for the entire season? Yeah, that'll be good. I, he'll be a huge, uh, huge one to, to be there every, every week. We're excited for him. Eric Finnell is a guy that is is such a key contributor for for your guys' team. Uh, unfortunately, through the Man Cup, he he went down with a lower body injury. Is, is there any kind of status update that you're able to give on on if he's available for training camp or if not, if he'll be ready to go for the start of the season? Uh, I I think that's his uh, his call when he's ready to announce anything. I think we'll let 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 him do that. I don't want to. Invade, invade his privacy yeah that's fair did you did you watch the man cup kurt i know i saw a lot of you throughout the summer while you're watching uh Wigeliot play for the burnaby lakers but uh did you have a chance to take in the man cup yes i watched um i was in the building for game two three four yeah well, i thought you would have stopped by the booth to say hello at least man <laughs> uh you're, you're a busy guy you're pretty famous out there <laughs> come on. hard to get away come on come on <laughs> I I just I would just go in and grab my popcorn, grab my Coca Cola, and yeah. sit down and watch a game. What'd you and... think? What'd you think of that lacrosse? I mean, you got you had a few Thunderbirds playing in that game, but you know, as a whole, the Man Cup, Queens Park Arena, Salmon Bellies versus Chiefs. Like, what what was your, your takeaway from that series? I thought it was very very even. You know, could have went either way. Um, I know the Chiefs are pretty pretty powerful team. West is pretty pretty good in their own right, and you know, I think everybody was expecting a Langley to win. Yeah, I think that yeah. you know the Chiefs were preparing to play Langley, and you know, I, I'm 
I was looking at where they stayed, and I go, where's you guys staying? They go, well, we're staying in Langley. I go, that's kind of a long ways from New West. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that gives you a pretty they, good idea. Huh? If they're booking a hotel in Langley, they're probably expecting to play Langley. Yeah, I, I was there watching um, New West and Langley play. Flew out for a couple of games there, and I'm just like, with the left side being, Langley's left side being not as potent as uh, the right, yeah, and you know Dixon then scored nine goals. Uh, you know Langley was going to lose, so I think I think they need to shore up that left side, and they certainly got the players to do it. But you know you got to get them to want them to do it too. But you know they end up beating Dixon down, and that was pretty much pretty much the game. Well, it's interesting to me, Kurt. Like I now that you kind of said that, like I l- almost want to compare that Salmon Belly team to maybe some of the the championship teams in in Rochester that may have not have been the most like you know some stars on teams for sure but maybe not the most talented team but the, maybe the best team that ended up winning it all in the end and in fact 3 years in a row. Yeah. People that compare us they go like 2011, 12, 13, 14 you know guys would come over and say individually you're not really that good but as a team you play very solid yeah. you know each other in and out you you know your players that are seven you know seven and eight they turn as a group they turn it everybody into a nine or ten mm-hmm. because they played so well together and they trusted each other so great to the you know it was just really good to witness that cody jameson obviously the captain for the chiefs and as well as the captain for you guys over there in halifax he's generally been kind of a 80 to 90 point guy throughout his career obviously he's closer towards the end of his career than he is to the start but through this summer through the man cup he looked like he was back in peak jammer form after a little bit of a down after a little bit of a down year uh, last year in the nll how much faith does that give you now heading into a new season that he clearly does have a fair amount of gas left in the tank heading into like i said into this new season for you guys yeah, I'm excited for him. You know, with him raising, raising that, raising a cup, the man cup, it was very exciting. I know, I know, put a huge jump in his in his step, and we're excited for him. We're excited for him, and with him bringing that, him and Randy bringing that to the Thunderbirds, but training camp and this season. How how underrated? Like I know people talk about Randy and you know his prowess, Kurt, but like I honestly feel like he doesn't get the respect that he should for how good he is. Like we had, we had Lyle on uh, about a month ago or so, and he like accredited Randy for teaching him a lot about box lacrosse, something that he didn't really have in his early box lacrosse days coming out of Onondaga. And he said he learned a lot and still does watching and playing with Randy like, where do you rank, and, and you may be a little bit biased here, Kurt, but where do you rank Randy as far as top right-handed offensemen in the NLL? Well, put it this way, I think if there ain't one team that would turn him down if he, if he, if he knocked on their door, and yeah. he would be number one, number two on any team in the NLL. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, that's, that says a lot right, right there. And I think anybody that had a chance would be, would be delighted to what he brings to the to the table. You know, he demands uh, perfection. Yeah, he's, spe- he's spectacular. Spectacular. He's, uh, like he'll tell you one, and I'll show you. And after then, after that, if you don't get it, he's in your face, and you you know at that point you're learning them. 
well, that's, I mean, that's a, I think, I mean, you're talking about teammates, but I, there's another part of his game that I think is very under talked about is like, he'll punch you right in the face if you dirty him. And you know, you can't play him like that because he will. Yeah. He's, um, I think that's one thing that, you know, Cody also, like they grew up in, uh, an era where, you know, if you want respect, you know, you gotta, you gotta fight your own battles and you watch, you watch Cody, watch Randy, even the biggest, baddest guys on the, on a block on the floor that day. One guy, one guy will punch Cody, Cody will punch him right back. <laughs> you know, a lot of those guys really don't really want to get punched in the face. So they go, well, I think I'll just, uh, go punch somebody else. Not, not, not do that to him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, you guys have a, uh, a movement of youth coming into the lineup now with the draft being a couple of months uh, in the past now. Uh, Kalen Mander is a guy that you bring over from or that you pick up from the uh, the Poco Saints. That's where he plays his junior lacrosse, of course. What do you like about his game uh, that he was a target for you guys to go go and grab? And what can you say about the rest of the draft picks that you that you brought in? Yeah, I'm, I'd really like his, his, his game. Like we, you can't teach height. You can't teach teach speed he can't teach finishing you know he's got great hands he's got speed that's uh you know the fastest guy on our team's gonna have his hat have their hands full just trying to keep up with him and the conditioning is really good i know he, i know he's young i'm surprised that he was there when we we were there but there's a lot of a lot of guys will like to have like to get that guy that's 22 23 24 years old couple of years experience and and I think that um they kind of went with more experience they might get more experience but like you can't teach height you can't teach speed and the, the conditioning is uh something that's second nature to Mandor well you mentioned conditioning Kurt and you know listen your your head coach uh no mercy there keeps himself in pretty tip-top condition I would say not every you know, ex player does that as they turn themselves into a coach, but but Mike certainly has. And and you've mentioned conditioning a couple of times now as well. Like how big of an emphasis, how big of an importance is it to both you and Mike to have maybe the best conditioned team in the league? I think it's um it's very important for one, if you're if you're in great shape, you're gonna limit uh minutes lost in a game, uh games lost, um due to injuries and just the confidence that you're going to, you're going to give yourself by being in that shape. You're going to be able to do things that, that guys that are not in that great shape would even try. Um, unfortunately there hasn't been, or, or I guess I should say there's been a lack of postseason success uh, for the Thunderbirds in, in the last couple of years, despite having some pretty quality regular seasons for the most part, what has to change or or what can happen for you guys this season to finally get back over that hump and get back into the success category of the postseason that that people are so used to with this with this organization i, I think like last year i know like like say two years ago we played toronto i watched the, i watched the camera there was about half a second on the clock we won in yeah. regulation time and you know they, they they said oh well we're not using that clock i'm going are you, are you kidding me so we had to play that game, in which we should we should have won. Yeah. And we played last last year. We're six six at halftime, and on top of that, we're like a couple goals out of out of first first place of most goals in the season. And I think in that last year in the in the semis are are playing against Toronto, and we're tied at halftime. 
I think if you know if he could pull that pull that back a little bit and say, oh, you know, I watched a lot of hockey this this past few years at the NHL, and a lot of those players go in there and um, offensive players they go in there with their hands down and their chin sticking out. So hopefully somebody punches them right or dirties them to draw a penalty. And I think I think if we were at halftime last year, I think if we would have had got if Toronto would have had two penalties at halftime and we would have had none, that might have been a difference. Instead, I think we got the we got the one extra penalty at halftime and it kind of changed the change of momentum of the game. Well, clearly that's still um, sitting with you, Kurt, right? Like you you're talking two years ago and, and those those type of losses stay with you as a as an owner and a general manager. And I'm wondering like you, you mentioned, like it's it's a game that you, you feel like you should have won and then maybe a, a goal or a bounce or two in the other and you could have potentially won that game as well. So when you sit back and think about it, I'm sure it's like pretty tempting like to think, okay, like we, we didn't get to where we want to go. We need to make changes. But you're kind of leading me down the road saying like, hey, like we were right there with Toronto and Buffalo. We don't need to make too many changes if any we just need to play a little bit better or get a little luckier in in certain spots and we're right there with them so you're you're you know the temptation to to maybe make moves is there but patience i think is is the virtue that you're going to follow yeah i'll I'll add to that a little bit you look at her record you look at how many games we lost by one goal i think there was five games we lost by one goal if we if we won all of them we're in first place if you win half of them, we got the home game against Toronto. Like we're tough at home. We're yeah. we're re- really tough. We would have, in my opinion, we would have won that game at home, and we stacked up very well against and against Buffalo. I think we had two games by one goal. And if we, you know, we if we were first place, one all five, we that would have put us in first place overall. And you know, maybe we would have been playing Buffalo at home yeah. in the finals. Yeah. And you know the way we stacked up against Buffalo and. and um, regular season was, you know, that's a pretty good, not too many people, teams can say, we took them to the limit for one goal. How many spots realistically do you think are open on your team going into this year's training camp? I think with us um, drafting Kursk, Cole Cole Kursk. Yeah. Yeah. I think think that's that's going to, I think he'll fit in nicely with um, our righties and he could probably play defense too. You know, like he could be that, well, that whole family, Kurt, is exceptional. That, that, that seeing play righty, you know, he can he can shoot hard. He's, he can finish. He's fast. You know, he could be very good option for a transition on the on a long change for the you know the for the lefties on the like a little Tarafenko to him maybe. Yeah, bigger. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that whole family, Kurt. What is there? There's four or five of them, and they're I think the ones. I think the next one coming up is supposed to be the the best. Run. Yeah, they can all ball. There's one in Vegas, and they they're all they're all really really good. There's a bunch of directions I want to take you, but I don't want to keep you too much longer. But um, I'll ask you this: you know, just your your general thoughts on hearing that lacrosse is accepted into the Olympics. Uh, what do you feel about that? And then I don't know how connected you are to the to the whole process about the Haudenosaunee getting in. But where do you come out on that as well? I think it's a great opportunity. Like, like just reading through the history and listening to some of the older people there that you know lacrosse was in there in their early 1900s and thought of the 
a lot you look at the pictures of those Olympic teams, there were natives on there on both teams. And it's it's a long time and you know, we get to go back in in a very very honored to to have be for the Haudenosaunee to be have that opportunity to represent, you know, the First Nations. It's uh it's exciting. Kind of overwhelming overwhelming, you know, when you when you really think about where you know, they're at the world stage now. There ain't nothing higher. It'd be pretty special to see the Haudenosaunee walk in with their flag and, you know, even potentially carry a torch uh you know, with their lacrosse sticks. I you just gotta, you just gotta kind of dare to dream a little bit here and, and hope that all works out, Kurt. Yeah, we have, um, we have a ways to go. We, we have, we have everything in place to get to get it done, and we just have to finish the story. Four years away, five years away, four, four and a half, and we just got to got to finish the story. You know, it's written already. We're going to, we're going. Now we got to make that showing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Last one I want to ask you, Kurt, just before we let you go, is uh, I've asked every coach or GM this, is just uh, your plan for training camp. I know you got physicals out of the way. You're going to spend the majority of your time at the ILA, I'm sure, but uh, exhibition games, you go on four weekends straight, uh, you got a weekend off, who you playing, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we got we got three games, and we're, we wanted to get it, get it, like some of the young guys, we want to get right down to our roster quickly, so we're going to put them right in game situations, and and we're asking the guys, you know, I hope you're in shape because you know we're gonna you're gonna have to get it done right away. You don't have the opportunity to work yourself in shape. You know, we're going to practice, and there's a game, and you, and it's going to show up in black and white whether they're ready or they're not taking the opportunity seriously, and it's going to show up quickly, and we'll do the necessary moves to get it to um, get that roster down quickly as we can. And get into systems and, and get 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 going so you're firing out of the gate for game number one. Yes. Well, speaking of that, you you have a new system to kind of put in place. As, uh, you hired up my guy, the champ, uh, Kurt. Uh, Andrew Suter will be running your defensive bench this year, and I know he's super excited for that. I'm super excited to, to see him in a coaching role, and, and I know you're pretty excited to get him as well. Yeah, we've been... I think we missed him by, like when our, his draft year, he was right there, and we made a choice, and it was either either I think it was him or Keo. I think can't go wrong with either there. And um, he talked. He talked. I talked to him now and again. And he goes, "Shit, I could have three rings on my finger." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah, yeah, you could have, but now you're here. Now you can." On the coaching side, let's you know why not why not win three right here? Well, Kurt, uh, I have yet to to get to Halifax for a Thunderbirds game, but I was there for the North American Indigenous games and got a chance to get inside the nest and and tour around Halifax a little bit. Uh, just a fantastic city building, and I know the the good folks there in the Maritimes love their Thunderbirds, and I'm excited to to see what you guys can do in Halifax this season. Thanks so much for doing this and. Um, I look forward to the next time we have a chance to talk. Thanks, Jake. Thank you. There he is, owner, general manager of the Halifax Thunderbirds, of course, making the move from Rochester, taking that team, Tino, to Halifax. And, man, oh, man, uh, you know, it started with the canoe ride, and that's kind of how the engagement with that city began. And they've really captivated that entire town with Thunderbirds lacrosse. You just watch – when that team's playing in that building, he mentioned it, it's a tough place to play. And that's a lot to do with the, 
the atmosphere and the and the support that that team gets in Halifax. They love their Thunderbirds. Oh, I would love to get into that building to, to see a game live because the atmosphere on TV looks unbelievable. Like I think back to last season for their home opener, their first game of the season against Philly. And they, I mean, they absolutely thumped the wings, but the, the crowd was rowdy from the second, the opening faceoff went off. It, it was incredible. And when that team is winning, that fan base is as loud and as electric as any fan base has ever been. So I really hope there's there's a lot of success coming for this team in the future because, man, oh, man, they, that, that fan base deserves it. And they get it, right? They they engage the, the fan base with, you know, it's unique. It's a unique experience there. They play the, the music associated with the Maritimes, and they have some traditions that they've created there. And... It's it's all good. It's all good in Halifax. I got to tell Kurt if Dalladay ever can't make a game, uh, I'm happy to fly across the country to, to call a Thunderbirds <laughs> game. I'd love to do that with uh, with Patty. All right, uh, halftime is upon us, Santino. We got to get to break so we can get to the third quarter because the Hall of Famer Josh Sanderson is waiting on the other side to talk some Calgary Roughnecks. NLL season previews continue when we return here. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Dylan Ward, goaltender for the Colorado Man. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Glass. We're into the second half. That means third quarter action is underway, and it's brought to you by Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com is where you go if you need a label or you need a package, and you need a package or a label that fo- focuses on quality. They focus on ethics. And, of course, they're family-owned by the Ashworths. Over 44 years of experience in the label and packaging industry. I'm steering right clear of Sean Ashworth right now. Three in a row, the 49ers have lost. Suddenly, the Seahawks are atop the division. And uh, looking pretty good for Seattle. Not so good for San Francisco. Let me ask you this, uh, Hall of Famer Josh Sanderson. Are you still a, a Raiders fan now that they're in Vegas and not Oakland? I am. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so sad about it. <laughs> it Tough one last very... night. Uh, Detroit Lions knocked. Uh, I'm hearing Jimmy G's getting the bench next week. Oh, it's just so frustrating, Jake. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just seems like the same old thing each year. And, uh, I was happy they moved on with Carr, but I was hoping they got a young guy that they could develop. So, uh, yeah, no, it ain't pretty. Well, just let uh, J- Josh McDaniels is not the guy shooter. Like they, they he's no. Not, you're right. Not the you're answer. right. It's time to it's time to move on. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to lacrosse. <laughs> uh, congratulations, man! Uh, head coach, assistant general manager of the Calgary Roughnecks. I guess it's kind of true. Hey, shoot. Uh, once a roughneck, forever a roughneck. And uh, you find your way back to Calgary. It's got to be pretty special for you where, you know, your dad was a coach. Uh, you won a championship. And 
Now you're uh, you're the man in charge in Calgary. Uh, walk me through it. How did it all come about? Uh, I, you know, I, I guess Kurt leaving was the first domino, but then Bordy must have got in touch and, and walked me through it. Yeah, obviously uh, the, the Kurt uh, thing took a little while, and he ended up moving on. And obviously the opening came up, and uh, yeah, Mike reached out, I believe, you know, early August, and then obviously went back and forth a little bit. And um, yeah, just very exciting, uh, obviously playing here and knowing the city and, and having some success as a player. Um, you know, definitely fond of my time there, so I'm just super excited to get going um, as a coach. Well, let me ask you this, just 14 When you, like, does Mike have to give Pat Merrill a call or Steve or whoever and go, hey, like, I'm interested in talking to Josh about maybe becoming the head coach, or do you guys have that conversation first and then have to go to Pat or Steve and be like, hey, uh, I just got offered this job. What do you guys think? Like, Or, like, do you tell me how that works, all that works? Well, yeah, they asked for permission to, to speak with me, so I had an initial conversation with uh, Mike. Um, there's somebody else, obviously, interviewing, too, um, probably multiple, but I knew there's another guy, so... Uh, yeah, I didn't know, you know, there's a few days where you didn't know which way it was going to go. But, yeah, they asked for permission, and Steve and Patty have always been great with me. So that was, uh, obviously, I uh, wanted to hear them out. Um, yeah, and next thing you know, one thing led to another, and, and here we are. We're getting ready for camp in a couple of days. And it was that always a desire for you since you stepped on the San Diego bench? Like, pretty good situation, I would say, in San Diego with – with that organization and ownership and locale and, you know, team in front of you. But was it always the desire to, to be the man in charge at some point? Uh, yeah. Depending on the opportunity, I think, uh, you know, I love my time in San Diego. They treated me so great. So I wasn't uh, looking to leave necessarily. Um, but this came up and obviously a place I played and I really enjoyed my time there. So um, it was something I had to hear out and, uh, you know, it just kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest with you guys. And, um, yeah, yeah. ended up being a good fit, and I'm super excited about it. And um, obviously loved my time with uh, Patty and Steve and the SEALs organization, but this just was something I couldn't pass up. So now, like, you've been – I mean, you're going to be behind the bench. You've seen how crazy that fan, that fan base can be from a player's perspective as well. For the people that haven't been inside that building – when that fan base is going as crazy as they can get, what's that like when they get that loud? I mean, just looking back at some of the numbers last season, like the attendance numbers, there was 17,000 for a game, 11,000, 14,000. Like this is a consistent fan base that loves to come and support this team. So what's that like when they do start to get loud like that? Well, it's so huge, uh, you know, for the players to, um, you know, feed off that momentum. Sometimes, you know, you know, you can get one, two, lead to three, just by the momentum and the fan base. So they're very knowledgeable and uh, it's going to be great being on their side again. Um, obviously a tough place to play as the opposing team. So um, yeah, super excited being back at uh, the dome and um, obviously it's our job to give them something to cheer about and then they can help us out. What do you think about your roster, Josh? I mean, uh, pretty, pretty set and goal. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> with with Del Bianco uh, leading the way, but then you know, like, what do you give me your overall thoughts heading into training camp about what you think about your roster going into this season? 
I'm just very excited to get to that first weekend and see everybody. And um, obviously, you know, the guys uh, coaching against them and, and playing against some. But, uh, you know, just really excited to see how we are. I think we got a ton of potential. So um, you're right. Our, our, you know, our goaltending solid and, uh, you know, good defensive numbers last year. So we want to build off that. And then, you know, we had Hoagie and, you know, some youth in the draft. Mm-hmm. So uh, just excited to see everybody there and see what our potential is. But uh, definitely excited with, uh, you know, the group going in. Well, Hogarth, I, I saw that when I was kind of scanning your roster earlier today. When did that deal go down? And, and walk me through that because I I completely missed that deal. Yeah, it happened at the draft. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we ended up sending, uh, we took Bennett with our, our first one. And then, um, obviously, Rochester, like somebody there was 16. And then um, Kyle's from the East. So oh, and you got Vela, up, uh, too, I see. Yeah, Thomas Vela was in that deal, too. So, um, we're excited to see him uh, this weekend also. So, you know, it wasn't easy sending Kyle because he's, you know, a good player, young kid. But, uh, you know, just hoagie. Um you know, I think Different he has element. another element to yeah. their right side. Uh, you already talked about the the Malowski departure and how that kind of paved the way for you to to get the head coach job. Calgary and Vancouver also sort of traded coaches in a way because Troy Cordingly and uh, and Phil Sanderson go over to Calgary as well. What is the the coaching philosophy, or what does this group of the three of you bring as a coaching philosophy to this team this year? Well, we obviously, uh, you know, we're going to be led from our goaltender out. So obviously we want to be very good defensively. Um, you know, Troy and Philip with a ton of experience at the back end. So uh want to be really good defensively and, and, you know, just to sound lacrosse team that's tough to play against, um, compete hard and be ready to go each week. So, uh, you know, we just want to be a very hard team to play against. And um, like I said, we added Hoagie there. So we think we're a little bit deeper on offense and, uh, yeah, we just want to be a uh, well-rounded team. Walk walk me through it here. Uh, I, I'm assuming you'll patrol the middle of the bench. You'll have Dingo up front, Flipper on the back. Am I am I on par there so far? Yeah, pretty close. I'm going to be working, uh, uh, you know, with the O uh, quite a bit. And, um, you know, with Troy's experience, uh, you know, he can do a bit of both. And obviously, Flip will be on the back door. So, real comfortable with both of them. Uh, worked with them both uh, this past summer. And then, obviously, Troy the last couple summers, let alone playing for him. So yeah. uh, just lucky, to be honest with you, by the time I got hired, just to, to have those two available, um, you know, it's exciting to work with both of them. And now what about uh, goaltending coach, scouts, Eastern, Western? Uh, have you put that in place yet, or is that a work in progress? It's a work in progress. Obviously, uh, got late to the party a little bit, so um yeah, we'll be adding guys as we go, but uh, right now, obviously, those two are the main guys. Okay. Go oh, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. All right. Uh, Hayden Dixon is a guy that's absolutely lit it up at the senior A level uh, out west here. 147 points in his last 36 regular season games. <laughs> Just insane. But he hasn't quite been able to establish himself, at least not yet, uh, that level of dominance at the NLL stage. What kind of step are you hoping a guy like him takes this season, or or what are your expectations for a guy like him this season? I expect uh, big things from Hayden this season, to be honest with you. So uh, you know, a big step, and he's going to have every opportunity to prove himself and uh, you know put up similar numbers that he did in the summer. So uh, you know, it's my job to get him in good spots and uh, make sure he's getting a few more shots. And um, 
I think he'd be a little bit more dominant than he has been in the past. So uh, that's what we're hoping for. And uh, hopefully it starts right away this weekend. Well, I imagine he's probably pretty hard to game plan against, but now you're going to get a chance to to coach a, a guy I call the natural, Josh, and, and your captain and Jesse King. This guy is an absolute gamer and, and, you know, a fantastic leader, a floor general, and just a competitive motor on him that I don't think is matched by many other guys in the league. How excited are you to have Jesse King under your, your coaching wing now? And, you know, where do you think he can take this team coming into 2024? Well, definitely uh, nice to be on Jesse's side for sure. Um, you know, uh, from the outside looking in, you can just tell he's a great captain and now, uh, working with him a little bit over the last couple months, uh, you know, he's been really helpful to me. So uh, I just think he's the full package as far as, you know, off the floor, on the floor, he can score, he can pass. Um, he's got good size. So, uh, you know, Jesse's going to be a big part of, you know, everything we do this year. And, um, you know, excited to to get uh, working with him on the floor here. Obviously, everybody's getting ready for, uh, you know, the next few weekends of camp. Well, let me ask you this. Now, you know, you... Like I mentioned coaching against Jesse. Now you're you're leaving San Diego, and I know there's going to be a new offensive coach come into there, and maybe a, a new system as well. But now that you've had a chance to coach Dane Doby and coach Curtis Dixon and Westberg, how much will that help you coaching against them going into this year? Well, they're good players. Obviously, you just try to contain them. Um but we're just going to worry about our system and play our game. Um, you know, don't have to worry about them till game two, but uh, you know, we, we just, we, we're just going to honestly, we're just going to worry about ourselves and play our system and, you know, try to keep them to, uh, you know, a low number. Obviously you're never going to stop them. So, um, you know, they probably know some of my tendencies. I know some of theirs, so it'll even itself out. We just want to obviously have a good camp and then get ready for that first game in Rochester uh, before we worry about them. Uh, obviously the, the Roughnecks won the championship in, in 2019. And since then, you know, there's been a shortened season and a canceled season. So certainly some, some asterisks is there when it comes to the, the timeline since that championship, but still it's, it's been roughly five years since that championship and, and haven't been able to make their way back to that stage just yet to that point. I'm certainly not trying to get you to, to dump on the previous regime by, by any means, but what kind of adjustments can you and your coaching staff make to the way this team plays to get them some more postseason success and try to get themselves another championship? Uh, well, you know, to be honest, we kind of want to build off, uh, you know, what they did last year. I thought, um, you know, real good regular season and then, you know, solid playoffs, obviously Colorado got them to go to the final, but, uh, it's really been tweaking and trying to get better from, uh, you know, what a lot of these guys did last year. Um, I think they play with a chip on their shoulder and, uh, you know, they're counted out a little bit at the start of the year, but uh, obviously with their goaltending and, you know, they, they just, you know, had a real good season. So we're going to try to build off that and tweak a few things. Uh, obviously every coach is different. So, but again, a lot of that I'm going to know after, you know, this weekend and the next, once I see them uh, up front and close, but um, definitely be a few things different, but we just really want to try to build off last year. Here with the head coach and assistant general manager of the Calgary Roughnecks, Josh Sanderson, and and you mentioned your first two. You you they're on the road, Rochester, San Diego. Then you got the two week gap there, Christmas, and then the December thirtieth game, 
versus Las Vegas. Uh, what do you think about, you know, what your schedule looks like here, Josh? I, if I recall, I think Calgary might be the only team that's got multiple multi-week bye weeks in their schedule, if that makes sense to you. Uh, what do you think it, about your schedule? Does. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. I, you know, dealt with it uh, last year uh, in San Diego. So it, it is tricky. Um, saying that, we, uh, you know, we just want to worry about getting to that bye and then we can worry about how we maintain ourselves because, uh, you know, we got the Moose Jaw and then we're in Rochester and then out to San Diego. So just, you know, really focusing on camp and the start of the season. And then, like you mentioned, that, that gap um, <clears throat> is long, but we'll, you know, we'll do what's best for the players um, and try to get ready to make sure we're ready for that home opener. But uh, yeah, when you're off for two weeks, it, it does affect the timing a little bit. So it's our job to make sure that we, uh, we don't come out of that rusty. Well, you mentioned the moose jaw game. I'm real eager to, to kind of see that one play out between you and the rush, but uh, you get going this weekend. In fact, uh, do, uh, doing this in Calgary, I would imagine for the opening weekend, get, physicals and, and the media stuff out of the way on week one and then run me through the rest of your training camp schedule you come to vancouver for some exhibition as well yeah we are we um obviously this weekend out in calgary you're right uh, you know physicals and some sessions and then uh out in vancouver a couple of scrimmages and a practice uh, the following weekend um so that'll be good and then we have a weekend off before we go to moose jaw and that'll be our final tune-up, obviously, before we go to Rochester on December 2nd. Josh, uh, I'm excited to see what you and the Roughnecks do this season with you in charge. Uh, I know, uh, you know, probably a little, still a bit of a sour taste in your mouth from, from President's Cup and coming up a little bit short with the Muskies. When Nikki yeah. went down there for us because, uh, you know, the guys played so hard, uh, you know, for us to get there and beat that Bucks team was a huge step for us. And then... Um, you know, finding a way into that semi was, you know, a testament to the group of guys we had. Everybody just played so hard and, um, uh, you know, our backups played well, but Nikki was the backbone of our group. So, uh, you know, it really hurt him going down and, um, but I couldn't be more proud of, of that team, just, uh, the way we got there and, uh, you know, the way we battled all tournament until the bronze game. Well, muskies for life, man. Uh, hopefully we see uh, the Snake Boys in Ladner this coming summer. But before that, we'll, uh, we'll see you in Vancouver in a couple of weeks, and then we'll see you at the Saddle Dome in early December. Thanks for doing this, man. Hey, no problem at all. Looking forward to seeing you. There you go. There he is. Hall of Famer Josh Sanderson, 19 years in the National Lacrosse League, one of the most prolific passers our sport has ever seen, Santino. I don't know if it's any coincidence that the shooter wore number 19 and played 19 years, but I think like his last year was super productive. Like there was more in the tank for Josh if he wanted to, to kind of keep going, but uh, what a career he had as a player and now embarks on a career as a head coach and he's going to do it in Calgary. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's going to be another pretty successful season for the Calgary off next. That, that's a team that just oozes culture and a winning culture specifically. So uh, I really liked his answer about really trying to build off of a lot of what they did last season. So I'm really excited to see what this team can cook up. You know what, Tino, I just like, just for people that don't know, normally I'm on camera for these, like we don't, 
video our our podcast, but usually me and you are staring at each other while we're recording the podcast. I literally just realized that I'm not on camera. Yeah, I've been uh it's been lonely. It's been lonely in here this episode. And now I can't uh <laughs> can't seem to open. Anyway. It's too late. Uh, <laughs> Great. Like, I don't know. And on, like honestly, when when we record and I'm on camera, I'm never actually looking at the camera. Like I'm either looking up stats or I'm adjusting audio levels or I'm, you know, I'm just not looking at the camera. So I honestly, I just like kind of looked and I was like, oh, I'm not on camera right now. And I guess I haven't been for the entire program. Yep. I noticed. So. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll do better next week, Tino. I'll do better next week. We still got one more quarter to go. Maybe I'll come on camera for that. Probably not. Uh, quarter three is now over. Big thanks to Josh Sanderson. And uh, we'll be back with the fourth quarter here. Quick sticks and lax class locks are on the other side. Stay classified. Hey, this is Mikey Kersey, head coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. We're back. It's quarter number four. Hopefully I didn't scare you there. Uh, quarter four is underway. No more breaks here on the podcast, uh, but still things to discuss, including uh, the request that I always have here in the fourth quarter. Please follow the podcast Subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, and uh, remember, keep an eye out for that Movember link that Tino will get to me. I'll get that up on the socials. We'll have it on both of ours as well. At Lacrosse Classified on Insta, at Lax Class on Twitter, at Ferratino for Tino, that makes sense, uh, at PXP for sports for yours truly, and uh, email address is always open as well at lacrosseclassified at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, fourth quarter is also brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. All the boots belong to Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Blundstones, work boots, motorcycle boots, horse riding boots, just casual boots, work boots. Did I say work boots? They got lots of different boots at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. They're out there in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. Or you can shop online because it's still shopping local at stampede.ca. Quarter four, Tino. You know what that means. Time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Lax class locks. Uh, you said you were going to mess around with the lax class lock drop, Tino. Did you end up doing that? Because I still got the, the old one here. Yeah, I, I haven't touched it yet. Okay, maybe next week. Uh, brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Speaking of Cool Bet, uh, still in uh, some early negotiations with the good folks at Cool Bet. We're hoping that they will be the new sponsor of Who You Got. So your weekly prize pack will consist of some Cool Bet swag, which. I will say, Santino, I think my cool bet hoodie, like I I could probably and this is not like a flex or a brag or anything, but I like it's almost disgusting that I could essentially wear a different hoodie every day of the month. Like I think I have that many hoodies right now, which is crazy. Like it's ridiculous. 
But saying that, I think my cool bet hoodie, like it's top three. Love it. Like top three comfiest you're talking about. Yeah, just all in general. The feel, well, the, 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 the look, l- all of it. I was, <laughs> this is so funny. I was complaining like in September when it was still like hot and we still hadn't really hit like the fall weather yet. And even in the early stages of October, when it was still pretty hot, I was like complaining because that cool bed hoodie is legitimately so comfortable. I was complaining to Jen, like I want the weather to be colder because I want to wear my cool bed hoodie. It's, it's unreal. I can lounge in it. I can go out and party in it and people will still give me like compliments on the logo and stuff. It's legitimately a top three hoodie. So look forward to that. The hats, shirts, who knows, gift cards, hoodies. We'll see what uh, what the good folks at CoolBet, assuming everything works out, they just got to, you know, clear a few hurdles, jump through a few hoops and make sure everything's copacetic to do it. But uh, we're hoping Patty and, and CoolBet is on board for who you got. Uh, so we'll look forward to that, which will be a mainstay here in quarter four. Then just over a month from now, I got to get Evan to to get that fired up so people can start to sign up for that, and uh, we can we can get a little runway and a lead up to who he got because we want to we want to have a bigger and better than we ever have, and I think this is I want to say year four of doing who you got and and each year we've had more people we want to continue that trend so uh i gotta get evan get on that uh, and get signed up for who you got 24 uh but here in quarter number four for the next few weeks it's lax class locks and this one's already up on on the website here tina like i mentioned i can't wait for lacrosse to get back and hopefully you know redeem ourselves here a little bit we'll stick with the nfl simply for the fact that Gives a lot of people time to get in on the parlay throughout the week. Games get going Sunday, of course. Just going to rip through this real quick, Tino. Rams are at the Packers. They're a three-point underdog. We're taking the Rams at a minus 103. Falcons, I think we got them at a better number than this. They're a minus five now, but when I made the parlay, I think they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. And the reason the line has gone up is because the Minnesota Vikings are playing the Falcons and Kirk Cousins, their starting quarterback, just blew out his Achilles. So they're essentially without a quarterback right now. So we like the Falcons in this spot. Baltimore, this is tough, Tino. This is real tough. Are are taking on my Seattle Seahawks, but they're at home. Baltimore, I want to say six and two. Seattle, five and two. Taking the Ravens here simply for the fact that they're at home and I just think they're a little bit better than Seattle right now. You're getting a cool bet return of just over a hundred bucks on a 20 jumbo buck bet. Good luck to everybody. Anything to add on this week's lock of the week, Santino? We, we got to win this. We one. need we, one. We need it. Straight up it. money line on all three. There's no uh, point spreads or any. So I just butchered that whole segment. I forgot that I just took straight up money line on all of it. I, I was working points right where this is pick them. Whoever wins the games, Rams to beat the Packers, Falcons to beat the Vikings, Ravens to beat the Seahawks, straight up. You're still getting a return of over a hundred bucks. You're welcome. Time for quick sticks. Thank you. Uh, quick sticks. Like I mentioned, Tino, normally I just kind of let 
let the the wheels and the the hamster wheel there spin inside my brain, and whatever comes into it comes out of my mouth. This week, I I thought you know, like I've kind of mailed it in on Quick Sticks the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie to the classmates here. So this week, I kind of chipped along here with things that caught my attention throughout the week, and. The first three, I was just kind of thinking of things. Like, I don't know how much time we spent on the Dutchie retirement. We we touched on it. I think we mentioned Ryan Lee out for the season, Latrell Harris out for the season. So I just wanted to make sure people were in the know on that. There's some big names, right? Ryan Lee and Latrell Harris both done for the year before it even begins. That's tough for both Colorado and Toronto. Um, some Victoria Shamrock news. First off, Downtown Jimmy Kane, uh, just an absolute legend of Shamrock Lacrosse. Over 25 years as a trainer there, I want to say, maybe even longer than that. I think he's got like seven man cup rings. He's going into the Victoria Hall of Fame. Long overdue. I'm not sure what took so long. Rod Wade is now the general manager of both the Tier 1 and Junior A Shamrocks as well. Uh, what else do I got here? Jump in anytime you want as well, Tino. Uh, I got, you, you, you're going to share some thoughts on this. Rowdy, not horny. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke. I mean, like there's, there is absolute, I need a documentary made on this. <laughs> there is no way that horny did not get the most votes. Okay. They dangle this like incredible piece of like marketing genius to the lacrosse community and not just the lacrosse community because it made its way into the general sports community. And they say like, hey, wouldn't it be crazy and wacky if we named our mascot horny? Oh, my God. You are a crazy person. If you truly believe, I'm not even going to call it whatever its actual name is. That thing's name is Horny. You're crazy if you think that Horny uh, did not win the vote. Okay. First off, I'm pretty sure it did win the vote. Like you said, it was people <laughs> you know, were voting on this that, uh, you know, they just wanted to see Horny. I will say, though, you know, and I think Danny made a good point. This is not... This is not for those people. The The mascot, for one, is for the kids. And they're not going to understand. And maybe that, you know, you can get away with that, that they wouldn't understand the significance or the double entendre of horny for your mascot. But it's a dicey line. And I think where it comes kind of full circle is your sponsors. Right. Do, you, do your sponsors that pay a lot of money to represent their company on your turf, your jersey, around your arena, do they want to be associated with a team with the mascot that's named? And I think there is a little bit of an uproar there. I think a few diehard season ticket holders were a little concerned. And I'm pretty sure the Saskatchewan Rush just had to pivot and say, okay, let's, let's go with Rowdy. So. I, I, I don't even disagree with you. Like I fully understand all of that. Yeah. They should, they should never have even done it then Yeah. because now, yeah, for sure. This thing that it, it is for the kids, Maybe like it was clickbait and it was a test run just to kind of see, and I don't know, but now you're going to get like the, the like young adult fan base that's watching Saskatchewan lacrosse. They're going to call this mascot horny. Well, maybe that's fine. Maybe he is horny still. 
Who knows? <laughs> I guess he could be rowdy and horny. Let's move now along. You're, now you're Tino. towing the line. Let's move along. <laughs> Um, I watched the last edition of Rock Unplugged, where it kind of took you through the Eastern semifinal and the final Eastern final against Buffalo. It took you into the locker room for Dan Dawson's last professional lacrosse game. This one tugged on the heartstrings, Tino, and I just want to give a shout out to Hammer, Mike Hancock, and Jamie, and, and everybody involved with Rock Unplugged. I thought this was one of the most well-done features by any team all season long, and and they really capped it off really well. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I think every team in the league that's not doing some sort of documentary or behind-the-scenes kind of content like this missing is, out. is absolutely missing out. Everybody should be doing this. If you can watch that, specifically that episode, that clip, whatever it, whatever you want of, of Dan Dawson essentially announcing his retirement – and like Nick Rose tearing up and everything. If you can watch that and not shed a couple of tears, man, there's <laughs> you have no soul. Something's wrong there. Uh, that it was just such a cool look, and yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It, yeah. it was so it's so cool to be able to get that behind the scenes view, as everybody knows. But then to be able to get that intimate moment where Dan Dawson is saying like his last words to his team, yeah. it, man, just unbelievable. That would be better in May, and we'll see if Toronto is. Uh, Dalek's probably riding high right now. Denver just beat the Chiefs this weekend, so he's, he's probably thinking they're off to the Super Bowl, I'm sure. Speaking of Denver, a uh, nice little segue there, Centine. The Mammoth have renamed a street right near the Ball Arena. As I had to rack my brain to remember, it's not the Pepsi Center anymore. Uh, championship Way. They're calling it there in Denver now with the Mammoth, uh, the Avalanche, the Nuggets. They all play at a ball arena. They've all won a championship. And now they uh, drive down championship way in Denver on their way to the arena. So congratulations to those guys. A game-recognizing game. Did you watch this, Tino? Chally, Chellen Rogers and uh, Mitch Marner, one of the Buffalo Bills, all trying their skills at hockey lacrosse and football i don't know what the dude's name is that was putting this thing on i think he's probably a famous little youtuber or something but uh got a pretty good kick out of watching mitch marner and uh, a lineman for the bills stick handle in the wanderer i didn't watch it at least not yet but i heard the back of the uh, back of the bird boys talking about it mm-hmm. and they were saying that uh challen rogers was absolutely sniping the yeah. puck yeah so uh <laughs> pretty pretty cool He's uh he's an athlete, just in case you didn't know. Challenge, I think he's one of those guys that could be successful at whatever sport he put his mind to. Pretty good basketball Jealous. player, too. Uh, the Vancouver Warriors did something pretty cool to announce their theme nights this this season, Tino. Midsky, Charlem Beatties, and Kalinich went bungee jumping. This was nuts. I could not believe Midsky. The wily old vet. First off, I can't believe his wife Kate let him do this. But there's Brett Mitski out there bungee. Like I don't think I'm allowed to bungee jump just because my size, Tino. But uh, Mitski's got to be pushing the envelope there as well. Out of all the things like hang gliding and kite surfing and skydiving, bungee jumping. Uh, no, thank you. Like uh, that is just uh, to me. You're just one faulty rubber band away from death 
first of all, I think I actually am skydiving in this coming spring for yeah, uh, well, for my best best friend's birthday. Good luck uh, to you. And second of all, I, I was gonna say, how much do we have to get donated to uh, the Movember thing for to get you to go buy? No, I'm pretty sure they have like a weight <laughs> requirement, and it's I'm well past the threshold. I'm not allowed. Not allowed. It's tough. Uh, but that was pretty neat. I, you know, get on those guys. I, I saw Cal at, at training camp. Like I said, I was like, what was that like, man? He's like, man, <laughs> it wasn't like he wasn't, he played it off pretty cool, but, uh, it looks freaky. It looks yeah. freaky. A few more quick sticks here before we get you on your way. And, uh, I want to mention, well, first I want to give a shout out to the hallucination and to Sakani, Sakani Baker. I always want to do this every couple of months and I always slips my mind so i want to make sure i get this in this week for for providing the beats that you hear on lacrosse classified those all come from sakani baker and he's doing his thing with him and chase scanlon and a couple others that have really kind of made their way in in the rap business here in the city of vancouver and uh keep an eye on these guys man it's, i'm telling you they're going places they're going places so thanks to those guys uh i want to give a quick Shout out to my boy, Brett Challoner. I don't know if you saw this today or not, Tino, but uh, former co-host of Lax Class is now a solo co-host as he's coming out with his own podcast. And I know he's pretty excited about it. I'm looking at it right now. Coaches Calls, where for us, Tino, we talk to all the same guys that I think Brad is going to talk to. And more, more content, the better as far as lacrosse goes like you know he's going to talk to the same a lot of the same guys that that we talk to every week here on lax class but i think that the premise or the thought behind his podcast is that they will kind of be timeless interviews where you can go back and listen anytime where we are more a little more topical right every week we're cranking this thing out and we're we're talking about the news of the day i think these interviews here from brad are, are going to be a little more timeless and uh I think you're really going to enjoy him. Brad's one of the best interviewers out there. He's going to get the biggest names on there. Pod drops at the end of November. I believe the 27th will be his first episode, and they'll come out on Mondays. So look forward to Coach's Calls with Brad Challoner uh, coming up on that. And the last quick stick I got here is, is a tough one. And member of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs in Marshall King, a lot of people will know his story with his his wife, Emily, what she's gone through with losing a leg and, and battling cancer. And I saw the story come across my socials just uh, yesterday that Emily is, has lost her battle. And I just, my thoughts go out to her, her entire circle. Marshall, of course, who I'm sure is in a real tough tough place right now but what a courageous battle and what a positive light that Emily was and she inspired and touched a lot of people throughout her life Tino and and I know uh how much she meant to Marshall and how how painful this is going to be for him but I I wanted to make mention uh my you know thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to Emily and Marshall and the entire family that uh, they're associated with yeah uh well said and you could you could see the the kind of ripples of this going across the the entire lacrosse community. Everyone was putting their words together on social and stuff. Just such a tragic thing to have to go through for her entire family and everybody involved. And so, yeah, like you said, condolences to to her entire family, to to the Kings, to to Marshall. To it's just just awful news. Sure is, uh, and tough turn here. But that will wrap up 
episode 259 of Lacrosse Classified. I want to thank Kurt Styers for coming on the show. I want to thank Josh Sanderson for coming on the show. I want to thank our sponsor, Stampede Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging, Coolbet, Rycor, and of course, Mitch Jones Realty for their support here on the podcast. And to you, the classmates, for checking out Lax Class each and every week. We'll be back next week. Tino, you know what I'm about to ask you next. Who is up next week for our NLL season previews? Rochester and San Diego. I was so ready. He's ready. Pat Merrill, Danny Carey, hopefully will join us next week. This week is now over. Thanks for listening. For Santino Farah, I've been Jake Ellington for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.